Hey, it's Matt. Welcome to Money Lab. I am taking a break. <laughs> and I don't mean from the podcast. I mean just from today. Because <laughs> I have... Uh, and I figured I'd record an episode while I was taking a break from work. Because for the last three days, all I've done is sit at this computer in the basement where my office and studio is and just cranked on code, <laughs> code and design for three days straight. Uh, marathon session for sure. So uh, what am I talking about? Well, uh, I just wanted to sort of recap all of the work that I've done and kind of why I chose to do it. Actually, it's funny because yesterday I had worked you know, I think from like 10 a.m. till maybe 9 o'clock at night. And I'm talking, yeah, these are like full days. So almost, not, not almost 12 hours, I guess, of work. But, uh, and I usually get into this mode whenever, whenever I'm like designing a website and in the code. So I'm like doing a, a combination of things. Like I'm writing HTML, CSS, JavaScript, whatever, PHP, whatever I need because I'm on WordPress. And I'm also designing elements in Adobe XD and exporting them for bits and pieces that I need for the website, background images, uh, images for custom pages, etc. So I had done an episode where I was – where I had mentioned that – I was going to do an about page and all of the elements that go into an about page. And that's currently what I'm working on. And I spent some of the day yesterday and most of today dealing with it. And so far it's coming together. Uh, It's intense. It's a lot of, when you look at it, it's like, okay, that doesn't look like a lot of work, but because I hand code everything, it's just a lot of work. (laughs) There's just no way around it. And I kind of like it. I just put on music and I just go. And it's fun because it's one of those tasks that I can just I can just keep going. I don't you know, I don't know why. So I know that if there were ever a if I ever lost this job for whatever reason, that's I could always do that. Um <laughs> I feel like I'm pretty good at it too. I've been doing it for a very long time. So anyway, uh Somebody on Twitter actually wrote something, which was very nice, and it, you know, not that I wanted to highlight it, but he wrote, uh, really like the SEO strategy, design, etc. of SwimUniversity.com by Matt Giovannisi. Excellent, simple layout, nice use of quote-unquote cheat sheets to draw in email subs, Integrates YouTube videos in his posts that are actually enjoyable. Content is excellent, not mindless AI drivel. Load it with ads. Thank you. That was uh, Hidden Small Caps, at Hidden Small Caps, Mike. So I appreciate that because I was he – took, he took screenshots and posted it with my updated design that I've been working on for the last three days. And it's just funny that he picked my design – or he just picked, like, he just looked at it. I don't know, for whatever reason, however he found it. And so I, yeah, I kind of wanted to go over those pieces and why I think 
it makes sense in the changes that I've made. So some of the changes, if we're, if we're on the, you know, and I'm still making them, and I actually have a huge list of things. So one of the things that we worked on, Steph and I worked on this, the first thing you'll see, the biggest difference is that I changed the main text when you go on the homepage. It used to say, easy pool and hot tub care all in one place. That was our like tagline. And I just kind of randomly came up with that. And I threw it on there and added it across all of our social media profiles. The more I thought about that, the more I was like, it's not great because we're an education company and we are not helping anybody take care of their pool. It looks like a pool care service or a hot tub care service. And all in one place is more of like a software thing than a, than a, you know, or, you know, it could be like a one-stop shop. So it could be even a service company. So Steph and I sat down and we thought like, what is, what is the main thing we want people who come to our website? What, what are we trying to do? We're trying to teach them to take care of their pool, right? We're not, we are not taking care of their pool for them. And we don't have software that takes care of a pool or anything like that. We don't have a service. We have education. But ultimately, the way Steph put it, and she was like, we're, we're solving problems. We are, we're solving pool problems. And I was like, okay, yeah, I could get behind that. So we wrote, finally, your pool and hot tub problem solved. Not nothing revolutionary, but it's definitely better than easy pool and spa care in one place. It's a little shorter, and yeah, it's, that's what we do. You know, it's we we are the go-to source to find answers on things. Uh, the other thing that I did was I changed. I added this is a design thing, but it gave the website more personality. So I added some texture to the website. And what I mean by that is I used to just have solid blue backgrounds, which, you know, it's fine. Uh, And it's because I didn't like having backgrounds with images in them because it's just one more thing that the website has to load, which decreases page speed. And I couldn't really figure out like what I wanted in the background. And so... As I was designing the cover for, I've been designing some covers and some like featured images lately. And I've been really using this like bubble background. And it was something that I designed in XD, Adobe XD, which is where I do most of my designs. Unless I have to do something crazy, then I'll use Photoshop or Illustrator. But XD is for like quick stuff. And all I did was draw a bunch of circles. (laughs) And some of those circles are an outline and some of them are solid. And I just randomized it, just kept like putting them where I thought they would go, different sizes. And I created this like bubble texture, this bubble pattern, I'll say, right? And so I started adding that behind, like as a texture to just sort of make the plainness of the blue sort of disappear. And then I thought, and then I was, I also created this like wave pattern. And the wave pattern just looked like really 80s to me. 
And then I thought, okay, well, I like the wave thing. And and again, I'm saying all this as if you know what I'm talking about. But if you go on the website, you'll see it. There's like visual – like I used to have just like straight lines. So it would be like a blue block with white text in it and it would be a straight line. But now that blue block has a wavy bottom or a wavy top depending on where it is on on the page. And the background is this like light gradient bubble pattern. So I kind of gave the whole website this watery feel, which makes tons of sense <laughs> for what some University is, but I think it just added to the personality of the website, which, not that it lacked personality, but I think it really helps make the website more fun and it makes it look more professional, honestly. Now, that wasn't like, that was super hard to do, by the way. It was like so much work for such little payoff. It's not going to help my website. Really, I don't, you know, it's really just for me to be like, okay, I'm putting effort into this website, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of the work that I've been doing has been SEO focused. And I just been, I just rambled for nine minutes about design choices, but let me talk a little bit about the SEO choices because that might be a little more applicable. So I don't know why I chose to do it this way, but I used to have it where – so okay, rewind. Way, way back in the day, I had, I had two main categories on my website, pool care and hot tub care, plain and simple. When you click those pages, they were categories – and on those pages, it, there were subcategories. There was about five subcategories. It would be water chemistry, troubleshooting, equipment, opening and closing, and maintenance. And then underneath each one of those subheadings, which was a subcategory, there was a bulleted list of blue links that were all of our articles. That's all it was. And I had that for the longest time. And my thought process was everyone knows how to use control F, right? And find what they need. Like what's the point of having, you know, I had a search bar, but I thought oh, this is way better for SEO because it's just like every friggin' link is one click away, right? So you can get to every single post on our website, one click away, or I should say, yeah, on that page. So if you're on the home page, you click to that page and then you're at a post. So literally two clicks. Okay. Then I had this crazy idea where I didn't like I thought the wall of text on those pages just didn't look good and I wasn't able to highlight the most popular stuff, right? And move it to the top. So what I did was I kept the same subheading breakdown on those category pages. But then I added more context. I added a featured image, the title of the blog post, and then the technically SEO title, or sorry, SEO description of that blog post. And instead of doing it in bulleted list, like straight down, I now have three per row. So I don't think that that saved any room. In fact, it probably took up more room real estate-wise. 
but it looks way nicer and it, and it blends the site together better. However, what I decided to do was not put every single post on that page. So now my website took three clicks to get to any blog post. But that, I, I was, it was worse than that. So this is where I really fucked up. So I have my parent, I, I have two main parent categories in WordPress. Pool care, hot tub care. Then underneath each one of those, I have about five subcategories. Those are my categories. I technically have a third so I guess uh, a sub subcategory and I use tags for that. So for example, I have pool. So I have an article about robotic pool cleaners as an example, like what are the best robotic pool cleaners? Right? So that's an article. Then I, so I have that under pool care parent category, right? Subcategory pool equipment, sub subcategory, automatic pool cleaners, right? Now, the reason I chose to do tags was that tags allow me to programmatically have related posts appear at the bottom of each post. So I could basically refine, okay, I have, you know, let's say six posts that are all roughly about automatic pool cleaners, right? They're technically all under the same category of equipment, but there's a, it's just more nuanced. It's more specific. And so what that does is whenever that post comes up and if you go down to, to the bottom of the post, there's related posts and it pulls whatever tag is related, it pulls the other post from that tag. Now I thought, well, for an SEO, this for SEO, this is actually pretty good because I don't have a page right? That's just automatic pool cleaners. So I can programmatically create a page called automatic pool cleaners that shows all of the different, you know, articles underneath that tag. Even better, I used to not have pages for subcategories. So yes, I had a page for hot tub care and pool care, but I didn't have a page for pool equipment or pool troubleshooting or pool maintenance or any of those things, right? I just had articles. So what I did, I think this was like two years ago, I decided to create category pages or I should say subcategory pages and tag pages and then link them all together. So this worked, but it made my website very deep and less shallow. Meaning in order to get to a post, it would take like four clicks to get to it. If if the post was old or wasn't highlighted. So, you know, let's say you click into pool care and then you'd only see, you know, six posts per subcategory. So you have to click see more posts. So let's say you're in, you're in hot tub care and you go to hot tub troubleshoot. You see hot tub troubleshooting is your first category, but out of the six posts there, which are the most popular, that's not listed. So you click see more, right? And then that took you to a page. Now here's where I really fucked up. 
the 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 it, that was the subcategory page. So the subcategory page being now hot tub troubleshooting. Great page to have. But on that page, I broke it down by tag. And I only showed three posts per tag. And then I had a see more link that would take you to the tag page. And I went, and so in my head it made sense. But when I went back and looked at it, I was like, this sucks. This experience sucks for the user. I don't have that many posts. You know, if my website was absolutely massive, like we had thousands and thousands of posts, then I may have to do something like this because otherwise pages, like subcategory pages would be out of control, right? I would have to have a Seymour link. But... That's not where we're at right now. So what I did was I went in and I basically removed the tag pages, not completely. There's still a way to get to them, but it's not through the subcategory pages. So now when you click hot tub troubleshooting, what you see is every single post for that category. So now... I went from four clicks down to three clicks away to every single post. And technically, it's two clicks because all of those links, all of those subheadings are all linked in the footer. So from from a technical SEO um, perspective, you can get to any post in two clicks from from any page. So that makes the website more shallow. I still kept the tag pages, but what I did was I linked them only on the post itself. So let's say you're reading about robotic pool cleaners. You, at the very top, you see my name, and then you see, uh, what is it? Pool equipment as the subcategory, and then automatic pool cleaners as the tag. So those are both links, so you can click those and get to those respective pages. So that works way better. And I think from an SEO perspective, for the last two years, I had fucked up. And I I'd overcomplicated it. So I went back and kept everything, but just cleaned it up. So I'm, I'm happy that I did that. That was, I think, important. And my website looks nicer. I had to go through all of my course pages. So I... One of the things that I did was uh, in 2021, I switched from using Podia sales pages for my courses over to lead pages. And I started using lead pages for any page on my website that didn't need to be SEO'd. So if I just needed to spin up a quick landing page for an ad campaign or something or you know, I had a new product that I just wanted to test out. I could just spin up a page really fast. That's what I use lead pages for. So lead pages was hosted on a subdomain, which was pages.zoomuniversity.com. And that was fine for a while. And it's still nothing wrong with it, but I really lost the ability. I, I kind of like fragmented things. So yes, I could spin up, I mean, technically I could spin up 
a web page very quickly using lead pages, but it still took me a ton of time to design that page because I'm a designer. So it wasn't, you know, it just, I wasn't doing by code. I was dragging and dropping, but still like takes forever to make that. You got to write all the content and it's, I'm actually way faster at building a page in HTML because I have all my assets. I've been doing it for so long. I can just blah, 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 you know, boom. It's like, I can just repeat things over and over again. So, and what's nice about doing it that way is I have the, I can choose whether or not I want that page to be SEO'd because it's in WordPress. It's a little harder to manage. Not everyone, like I'm the only person who can do it. But I think the reason I switched to lead pages was because I wasn't as actively involved in the company. So if I just needed to jump in and do something, I could do it, right? It's the same reason I use Canva. It's like I started using Canva and I'm like, yeah, my, my ultimate goal was to build assets in Canva and then I could hand that account over to another person who wasn't a designer and they could just do Canva stuff, which was easy. But again, I'm a designer. So I hate the lack, I hate the limitation of software like lead pages and Canva because I can't do everything I want to do or exactly the way I want to do it. Or it's just like not intuitive and whatever the case. So I basically stopped using Canva and brought everything back to XD, which is what I use. And I'm just noticing like everything just looks better because it doesn't feel like, you know, you can sometimes, well, I know if, you know, Canva has a lot of templates that people like to use and you can, it's like, it's kind of how I feel about AI. I can always tell if it's an AI image, like it, you'd have to really fool me. Like possibly you could do it with a photo realistic thing, but when it comes to animation, like I can always tell. And the same thing with Canva, like I can pretty much always tell if it was made with Canva or not. Cause Canva has like all the same stuff. No, I'm not knocking it. I think it's, I think it's good. I think both, I think everything's good. I think lead pages is good. I think Canva's good for me personally though. I, I lose the personality because I start to look cookie cutter. So that's not anyway, that's a, a, a ramble. Uh, so go, going back to SEO stuff. So yeah, that's, that was something that I did that I thought made it better. And I added more posts. So on the category pages now, there are just more posts to choose from, which it's just better for SEO. There's just more stuff to scan on the page. It makes the pages longer, but ultimately like, you know, at this point I was really trying to make it user-friendly for the, for the audience, but Google's like, no, you know what? (laughs) We need content on the page because we're still a robot at the end of the day. And it's like, okay, well, let's, let's, let's do that. So yeah, I, that's what I did. So anyway, Um, on the post itself, what else did I do here? Okay. So one thing, um, I thought was a good idea. So at the, in the recommended guides at the very, very bottom, which is controlled by tags, I used to only have three options. So it would only, it would only pull 
the latest three uh, related articles. I added six. I could probably add nine because, again, the more content on the page, the better, I think, at least in terms of SEO. So I I think six is good because, again, I have to worry a little bit about mobile as well. Like, I don't want you scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Although, fucking that's what TikTok is, right? Scrolling, 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 constantly scrolling. So, like, people are used to it. It's fine. And then, again, I got to be more concerned about SEO. One of the cool programmatic things that I did. So, and this is an SEO play, and it's also a backlink play, honestly, is I started doing... A podcast. Actually, I started two pi. I started two shows. One shows about pools called Pool School. You know, Pool School by some University. The other ones, and the other ones called Hot Tubs One Hundred and One. Again, going for school themes here. And the reason I decided to separate the shows was I thought that would be better for SEO in Spotify and Apple iTunes or whatever. You're you're probably typing in the word pool. And I didn't want it to be like just Swim University. So I have two podcasts, which is fine. I'm, it's basically the same show. Just one is all pool content and the other is all hot tub content. Right? And that's, again, an SEO play. And it makes me look like I have two podcasts. Even though I'm technically doing one podcast, I just have a different format for each one. And it's the same format. I just say different things. So my, my thought process there, and I've talked about this before, is every single time I publish a new blog post, I record it. I read it out loud. And I read it out loud in a show format, similar to what I'm doing right now, except I'm reading something on screen. And it, the episodes usually turn out about 15 minutes, kind of in that range, And I'm kind of reading it and I'm kind of riffing. So I'm like, I'm kind of using the article as a guide. And sometimes I'll read a full sentence and then I'll embellish on that sentence or I'll read a full paragraph and embellish on that paragraph. And I title it, I title the episode the same as the, as the, you know, uh, article. And I just have uh, bumpers. So I have an intro with a CTA, and then I have an outro also with a CTA. And again, episodes 15 minutes, I got my music in there, which is the same music we use on our YouTube videos. And I, when I publish them, I publish them on Transistor.fm, which is the podcast hosting company I use. Uh, if you want to support me, I guess, uh, <laughs> in this show, and you want to start a podcast, and you like this idea that I'm doing... I don't have any I don't have anything to report to you so far because I've only been doing it for a month, but I like the idea. Uh, if you want to do it, uh go to moneylab.co slash transistor and that's my affiliate link, and you can sign up there. So and so what's nice about transistor, I can have unlimited shows, so it doesn't actually matter. And what's nice is transistor actually is a pretty decent player, like an embeddable player. And what I've been doing is every time I publish a new, a new podcast episode, I will embed – I will take the embed code and I would go into the post 
and I would add it at the bottom of the post in my brand colors. And then I thought, well, there's got to be a way to do that programmatically where I don't have to go in to each post and actually add the embed code. I can just, I don't know, add some sort of ID somewhere. So that's what I did. I use a plugin. I think it's free. I'm pretty sure it's free. I'm almost 100% positive it's free. It's called Advanced Custom Fields. And if you're not using this plugin, I highly recommend it. It's, it's really good. I use it in conjunction with Advanced Custom Fields. No, Advanced, no. Add, <laughs> they're like almost the same acronym. Admin Columns Pro is another one. That one I pay for. And the reason is because it allows me to customize in the WordPress backend how posts are displayed. And I can do quick updates to things without going into each blog post. And it works with advanced custom fields. So, for example, I have an advanced custom field cluster that has all of these variables. One variable is video, right? And so what I do is I associate videos, like, like actual YouTube videos that we publish, the URL, I just add that to the post. Now, it doesn't publish it. It just, set, it just shows me in my WordPress post view, does this post have a video or not associated with it? And if it doesn't, well... That gives us fodder to go make a video about that, and then I add it to that WordPress post. And that allows us to basically go, hey, I wrote a script. There's no video with this. Steph, can you make a video for this? And then once she does, I take it and add it to the WordPress post, and now that video is associated with it. But that's nothing. I also use ClearScope for SEO, and ClearScope gives you letter grades depending on how well you do. And... The, the, dip, the problem is, is that there's no way to display that in the post view. So I can't sort by like, okay, how many posts do I have that don't have an A++ rating? Like I want to know that so I can go in and update those posts and like fix them and optimize them. So I use an advanced custom field with a dropdown of just the letter grades. And then I just, once I get my letter grade from ClearScope, which is built into the, which has a plugin that's built in. Then I go, okay, I selected A++, and now it shows me on the post page via Admin Columns Pro that that post is an A++. One of the other things I did was I added a podcast column. So now I can go into Transistor and just pull the ID of that episode and plug that ID into the post. So in my code, I create – because Advanced Custom Fields allows you to use PHP to grab those codes and do stuff with them on your theme. So I took that ID and automatically just created the embed at the bottom of the post. So now I don't have to manually go into every post with the full embed code and paste it. All I have to do is take the – podcast ID from Transistor and plug it into the post. I don't even have to go into the post itself. I can just do it from the post screen through Admin Columns Pro, 
plug in that number, and automatically it will embed the full podcast player at the bottom of every post. I could also do some very interesting things with that that I'm thinking about, which is, so if you're reading the article and you happen to be somebody who would have rather listen, well, you don't know that that podcast episode's down at the bottom of the post until you get to the bottom of the post. So one of the things I might do is if there's an ID associated with a post, a podcast ID, then I can show an icon somewhere at the top or maybe something that's floating on the page that's that just like a button that says like listen to this um, – what do you call it? Listen to this article. And it would be cool if it was like an absolute floater button on the page so it works on mobile and desktop. And then when you click the button, it just auto-scrolls you down to the podcast player where you can see it. I don't know what that will do if that – like, I don't know how that would affect, what do you call it? Um, you know, could affect affiliate link clicks. It could affect lead generation, although lead generation is in the podcast episode itself. Like, there's a call to action there, so maybe not. And I'm not taking you away from the page. I'm just scrolling you down to the bottom. This would absolutely be something that I would Im- I would put in place – Right, And then in Crazy Egg, which is what I use for uh, conversion rate optimization, I would just pick a post that gets some decent traffic and has a podcast associated with it so that button appears. And then I would snapshot it so I could see how many people are actually clicking that button and then how long they're staying on the page. And if you know that page – I could also monitor – the I could also monitor if people are if it's like killing the business or something. I doubt it would. Like maybe it increases podcast subscri- subscriptions. I don't know. But again, like ultimately with our website, I'm just trying to capture leads. So who knows? <sighs> okay. There's more. <laughs> If you're listening, if you're, if you're still listening, email me, matt at moneylab.co. Because <laughs> I know this is like super technical and I'm doing this via audio and it's like, does this even translate, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, so yeah, the podcast player is pretty cool. I like it. I like it a lot. Now I'm, I'm – what's the other thing that I did? Oh, so yeah, so still on the podcasting, I am – I'm working on, and I probably won't be able to do it till next week. I'm working on creating podcast pages. So these will be custom pages within WordPress where I, there, you know, it's like a, it's a sales page essentially dedicated to each podcast show. So it'll have like the actual podcast art with a tagline or a headline. And then where you can subscribe, like links to subscribe, and then the latest episodes, and then ways that you can contact the show, and uh, lead generation, things like that. 
So I'm going to make those two pages and then those pages will only be linked in the footer underneath each subcategory. So I have pool care and hot tub care. And so what I'll do is I'll add, you know, pool school 101 podcast and hot tubs 101 podcast in each one of those columns. And again, that makes no sense unless you know what I'm talking about uh, visually. One thing that I'm trying to do that has been a struggle, but I th- I'm hoping this gets solved and it's kind of out of my, out of my court. So I use Clavio for email marketing now. Holy crap. It is so much better than the experience is so much better than every single email software platform I've ever used. And I, and, and so many different ways, but one thing that it does really well, it does, I think better than anything I've ever seen is they have signup forms and their signup forms are super elegant and they load fast and they just look good. And they have to do this because they're, they work primarily with Shopify and no one's taking their code and embedding it manually. Like they're just not going to do that. And it, they make it really hard to do that, in, in fact. So they make you use their sign-up forms, which is good because it actually simplified my process a bit. So I created, um, I created all these forms. They're all the same, but they, they uh, have different – for each cheat sheet. So there's three forms. And they allow you to do a trigger. So you can, you can do a custom JavaScript trigger – so if you have a class on a button, it will trigger whichever you know, pop-up you have. And it happens to be really fast. It doesn't slow down the website at all, which is great because I, I used to use ConvertKit, and I'm sure it's changed by now, but it's massively slowed down my website. So uh, it's nice to have a pop-up that looks really good and is super fast. The other thing is that you can do a lot of cool things with the pop-up itself. Like when someone enters their email address, you can submit hidden stuff with it, which uh, you can do with a lot of stuff. Now, this makes a lot of sense because if you sign up for the pool cheat sheet, I know you're a pool owner. So I tag you as that, right? Or I add a custom field. Pool owner equals true. Great. And that sends you through the pool owner, you know, flows and puts you on the correct segments and all that stuff through Clavio. If you sign up for the hot tub cheat sheet, which again only appears on hot tub posts, then you are designated a hot tub owner. True. So you can be both. You can you could sign up for both the cheat both cheat sheets and you go through both flows and you know that's your choice, which is great. It's not binary, it's both. Now, there's a problem. The homepage. The homepage just happens to be one of the only pages on the website where I don't know what you are, right? You could be on the homepage, you could own a pool, or you could own a hot tub, you could own both. Now, I could make the argument that the about page is similar, right? But the podcast pages won't be. I'll know what you are, right? Because you're either on a hot tub page or you're on a podcast page or a pool page, right? 
So the homepage where we get a lot of traffic, I would like to start collecting leads there, but I've always had trouble figuring out the most elegant way to do that. So obviously there's workarounds to this, but hear me out for a second. So the homepage, the person who lands on it, I don't know who you are. So right now I have two buttons, which sucks. The two buttons that are on the main page are pool care and hot tub care. All those buttons do is take you to those category pages, which are the same links that are in the top, which are like not even like 50 pixels above it. So it's redundant and I hate that. Ideally, I would want one button on the homepage. I don't want a choice of two that are ultimately the same color too. So it's like, it's not, I don't want two buttons of the same color right next to each other on a page. I want one button. So ultimately I want that one button to be subscribe or something along those lines. I want to collect the leads on the homepage. We get a lot of traffic there. Okay. Now I thought that I figured it out, but I didn't. And here's, here's the way it has to work. So I put a button on the homepage that said, like, join the newsletter. Simple as that. And I have to be very specific because join now, the fuck does that mean? Right? It's like, or, you know, sign up is not ideal because that's, you know, or subscribe is not ideal because subscriptions now are paid. So I don't want to deter people. So it would say like join our free newsletter or something along those lines, right? So I designed this Clavio form for, specifically designed for the homepage. So when you click the button, you get a pop-up and it says join over 100,000 pool and hot tub owners, you know, get free pool and hot tub kits, kit, uh, tips sent right to your inbox. Pretty simple. It asks for your name, your first name, and your email address. And then you hit join now or submit or whatever it is, right? Okay, what's cool about Clavio signup forms is you can have multiple steps. So I was like, oh shit, I kind of didn't know that. So I go, okay, let me just get, let me, let me appeal to both people, right? So give me your name and email address, great. The next page, right? It asks you a question. It says, do you own a pool or a hot tub, essentially? And there are two buttons. Now, I think what it says is like, what would you like free advice on? And then there's two buttons. There's pool care and hot tub care. Now, Clavio gives you many ways to do this. They, they give you radio buttons. They give you multiple uh, choice check boxes. They give you drop downs. But... To me, radio buttons suck. Uh, Design-wise, they're terrible. Um, Checkboxes are better but harder to click on mobile. But again, with a checkbox, you can do one of, one of two. So you can check both things. Now, the reason I don't want you to check both things, like say pool and hot tub care, is because the, f- the third step is I want to take you to an OTO page an OTO page pitching our, our flagship course at a discount. Now, 
well, I have two completely different courses. I can't just pick one, right? Either It's either a pool course or a hot tub course. So the solution, I was like, oh, I can just have two big-ass buttons, right? Just like I have on the homepage, but now it's in the form. So it, so it asks you for your name and email address. And by the way, if you cancel out, I have your name and email address, but I don't know what to send you. Like you're not on any list, so whatever. But the next page, pool care or hot tub care. When you click one of those buttons, each button should do two things. It should one, record what you picked, whether you're a pool owner or a hot tub owner. So I should store those values in Clavio. And then the button should send you to a custom URL, which would be the OTO page. So it technically works and it makes a ton of sense why it works. But there's a bug in Clavio where <laughs> it doesn't record. If there's two buttons on a form, it only picks one. So, and it, and it, or it cancels it out if there's two. So it doesn't actually record if they're a pool or hot tub owner, but it sends them to the right page. So I'm like, well, that doesn't help because I need to record if they're a pool or hot tub owner. Now, technically, I could probably solve the problem by building out some sort of segment that says that this person visited the hot tub course page. Like, I know that because Clavio tracks all that shit through their form. And I could perhaps... <clears throat> Just create a flow that assigns them to that thing. I don't know. But this shouldn't be an issue. And they're figuring that out. And so once they do, then I'm going to be collecting a lot more leads because I'll be able to put that on my homepage. And I've thought of other solutions like, okay, yeah, the button could still say newsletter. But when you click it, you get taken to a newsletter page, which I also want to create. I want to create a newsletter page, right? that sells each newsletter. So if you are somebody who, you know, wants to join the pool newsletter, there's sort of like a, a, a sales pitch for that newsletter. And, by, and same for the hot tub newsletter. And link to those pages, again, just for more pages of SEO juice, right? Just to have those pages there. And perhaps people will click them because people clearly go to the footer and click that stuff. I also want to include the join newsletter button in the header. So it's on every single friggin' page. And when it's on every single page, I don't actually have to know if you're a pool or hot tub owner. So I have this like ubiquitous button that collects leads, you know, but if the button and what's great about it is that it's a pop-up. So it's not like, oh, I'm reading the about page and then I clicked the join now button at the top and I'm taken to this whole other page. And I kind of feel like that's jarring. It's better if it's a pop-up because then you can just be like, ah, I'm done. I don't want, I don't want to do this right now, but now you know where it is. So now you can continue reading the page and go about your business. So it's still something I'm working out, but I'm excited for them to fix it because I think one, if they're able to fix it, then that opens up a whole new world for their company because now they can start collecting, like companies can start collecting data about their customer 
and send them to different pages based on the button they click after they fill out the form. It just makes sense that that should work. And, I, and I'm surprised that I'm the only one who's found it, who's found this bug. I'm sure, like, how has no one tried this before? I'm sure someone has, like, but why am I the one bringing it up? Or why hasn't it been solved yet? So anyway, so I'm excited about that because I think that that will, again, increase leads. So, yeah, as far as SEO, and, you know, I've, I've, obviously I always keep track of page speed and making sure that that's fast. And every time I do design stuff, I'm always looking at it on my phone and making sure it works on mobile. Now, I happen to be on a huge phone, so I'm not the best candidate for this. Like, I should probably just own a phone that's tiny <laughs> just to test stuff on the website. But I don't, so that's the case there. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, I have stuff that's coming up that I'm going to work on. Um, so, oh yeah, this was another one. All right, yeah, nothing crazy there. There's one thing that I found out that sucks. I'm disappointed, but at the same time, I'm relieved. So, I actually started recording a podcast the other day where I was going to switch from, I was telling, I was telling myself I'm switching from using Podiaf to host my courses over to Thinkific. And the reason I wanted to move over to Thinkific is because Thinkific has a plugin or a Shopify app. So I can sell my courses through Shopify and they will automatically be enrolled over at, uh, Thinkific. But there's an issue. So, and I had to test it. So I basically, so the issue is, well, okay, so it works if someone enrolls in a single course and then they're automatically put in the Think, Thinkific. Great. Currently, the system that I'm using is when someone buys the course on Shopify, it requires a zap from Zapier to ping Podia and put them into Podia, you know, enroll them into the course. And that honestly has worked pretty well. But I didn't want to pay for Zapier. It's like this middleman. It's like, oh, I, wish, I wish I didn't have to pay for this middleman. Okay, so Thinkific's the only course company that has this capability through a Shopify app. And it's free. Okay, great. So maybe Thinkific's the move. Well, so I'm like, well, before I start switching everything, I got to test to make sure that this will work. And one of the big things is I use an app on Shopify called, I think it's called Aftersell. And the idea is that I, I have upsells through Shopify. So when you buy a course, I can pitch you another course. And then you enroll in that course and it's a one-click upsell. Great. Well, I'm like, will that work with the Shopify or the, the Thinkific Shopify link? Will that work? That that upsell thing? Because it works with Zapier, but not every time. It works enough, but every once in a while I have to go, like, oh shit, the other course didn't trigger. So they never got an email or it never showed up in their profile. So we have to do that manually. It doesn't happen that often where it's like, it's fine. 
but I'm like, okay, maybe Thinkific solved this. The other thing was we have bundles. So we have bundles on Podia of all of our courses combined. And that's a lot easier because it creates a new product, a new you know, SKU within Podia. And so we create a new SKU within Shopify. So when you buy the bundle, you are essentially buying a, a singular product. And then when you go to log into Podia, all three of your or four of your courses are all there, right? Well, Thinkific, the way that their app connects to Shopify is it's automatic. So you can't manually link courses to a product, which is the problem because yes, you can create bundles in Thinkific, but those are not automatically created in Shopify. So right then and there, I have to use Zapier just for bundles on Thinkific. So I'm like, well, again, that should have been like, well, fuck this then. But then secondly, the upsell thing didn't work. So I'm like, okay. So even this Thinkific move, I would still need Zapier, which is kind of the reason I want to move. So it doesn't make sense. And thank God it doesn't make sense because moving course platforms would be a fucking nightmare because every single one of my existing customers is going to need a new login, a new password at least. And now that's going to do is trigger an email to all these people who are like, yeah, this, oh, I didn't know this, blah, 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 blah. I got to do this fucking work and not, you know, and it could lead to, to, to refunds and just a nightmare headache technically on my side. It was hard to do when I moved to Podia, but I didn't have nearly as many customers. I've had customers been building since 2019. So we're talking like, yeah, five years of customers, of customer data just piling and piling on. So I'm only, so I'm basically sticking with Podia. As much as I don't like some of the design stuff, I think that I might be able to manipulate it with some custom CSS. I'm going to look into it to see if I can do it. Uh, so that should be interesting. But otherwise, it works. And it works with Zapier and fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like not ideal, but could be worse. So, it's, it, so that little test alone saved me probably a month's worth of agony. And I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I tested it first before I went full bore into it. And, you know, I would have been like, oh my God, I have to use Zapier this whole time. Like what a fucking mess I've put myself in. So yeah, that's kind of the end of that. Uh, now that my hour long break is over, <laughs> break, I took a break recording a podcast. I'm still technically working, but anyway, um, I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to finish up the SEO stuff on this website. And it's Friday as I'm recording this. You're probably listening to it on a different day, but it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm going to brew some beer this weekend. I got some beers I want to drink in the garage tonight, in the brewery. 
And I might do some more talking. I might, might record another podcast to get some steps in today. So, yeah. That's it. Uh, if you've gotten this far, if you're this far into the episode, please email me, matt at moneylab.co, if you have any questions about um, my SEO strategy on the website or uh, technical stuff. I, I don't really can't answer technical stuff. I'm not a technical person. I can only do with what I have, but I can at least maybe offer some sort of here's what I would do scenario. I don't know. But yeah, uh, mad at moneylap.co. All right, bye.